Okay, Tzoraim Tov, we continue in the Sefer Nefesh Shimshon. We began a discussion of the words, the line, Poseach es Yedecha. You don't have to really look in the sitter. It's pretty much there. Poseach es Yedecha in the Ashray. And we said it's a very critical line. And we said the first three words, Poseach es Yedecha, starts with the letters Pe, Aleph, Yud. The Gematria is 91 which is the same gematria of the name of Hashem, Yud Vav A26, plus Ado with Noi is 65, and that equals 91. And we're trying to understand what is that concept. What is this connection? And we talked about the idea of Amen, saying Amen with Kavana, without Kavana. So how does that all fit into what we want to discuss about? So that's what we're up to. We left off yesterday, and that's where we're going to begin. So that if you reflect on the word of Hashem, Yud, Hey, Vav, Hey. So it really has three concepts. Hoya was, Hova is, and Yiyya will be. Okay. So that's what Yud, Hey, Vav, Hey means. But if you look at the Targum, the, the way we would translate it in a translatable way is that Hashem is the Mehaveh, which means Hashem brings into existence. Okay? God, when we say Hashem is yud heh vav even though it, it, it hasn't it past, present, and future, but it's from expression Mehaveh, brings and maintains into existence. And this we have to translate, what does it mean to be Mehaveh? Because there are concepts, let's say, the word osa means to do. Yotzer means to fashion. Bore means to create. What does mehaveh mean? So mehaveh means to give something its essential existence. Okay, and what is the closest example of essential existence? Is to create something from nothing. That is to give something essential existence. Hashem gives everything essential existence because everything doesn't come on its own. It comes from Hashem. The Vilna Gon says that that word, that the Kavana is, that Hashem gives everything existence. He says that the Vavhe, when we take a look at the four letters, Right, we have yud hey vav hey. So the vav hey, the kavana is that Hashem gives existence. And then the yud hey means before that Hashem continues. Uh, and the yud, okay, let me, let me make this again. The hey, the four letters, hey vav hey, hove means Hashem gives existence. That's the core of that. Hey, Vav is to give existence. But there's a Yud before that. So what is the Yud before it? It, it adds a concept of continuity. Like, for example, you have the word Asah is to do. Yeyaseh means is to always do. That's how it was always done. When you put a Yud in front of a verb, often it means that's the way it's always done. So the word, the word Yud, Hey, Vav Hey, the core is Hey, Vav Hey, which is Hove, which means to give existence. And the Yud means to constantly give existence. Hashem is always giving existence. Why? Because nothing has any existence of its own. 
There's no such thing as an independent existence in this world. No such a thing. Hashem gives you existence. That's for a second. What about the next second? What if he stops giving you existence? You're finished. So he's a yud, constantly giving existence. Like the marshal we use, like a respirator. A person can't breathe on his own. So the respirator gives him existence. The respirator stops, you die. The respirator is constantly working, you're constantly alive. So everything exists by that way. That's the simple meaning of Yud, Hey, Vav, Hey. Hashem constantly gives everything its existence. Nothing else does. There's no other reality but Hashem. Okay, that's one part of the story. But there's another part of the story. When we talk about control and dominance, okay, that uh, that it all comes from Hashem. That's the word of Aleph Dalad Nun Yud Adonai, which means to be a master. Adon Hakol, the master of everything. Listen, I can give you existence, but not control you. No, Hashem also is in total control. So now when we say the name of Hashem, that's spelled Yudevave, that means maintaining existence, and pronouncing it with the Aleph Dalet Nun Yud, which means mastery, what are we doing? We're saying that Hashem masters, He controls everything in the world. So not only does Hashem give existence to everything, the inner existence, but he also runs the show. And we got to listen to everything he says. So therefore, th this uh, fact that Hashem gives existence to everything comes to its expression that he is the master. Why is he the master? Because he created everything and everything is his. Now what if everything was not his? Could he necessarily have control over it? No. Perfect, complete control that Hashem says comes from the fact that all of existence comes from Him. You follow? So therefore, the, the, the name of yud heh vav which expresses the inner essence of all reality, that's the inner reality. Hashem is like the nisham of all existence. And the outer expression, which is God's control, is from the word Aleph, Dalet, Nun Yud. And that's exactly when we cement. It's Gematria 91. Remember, we said Amen? It's Gematria 91. So when a person says, and we're saying Amen, what are we doing? We're saying that, remember, the Jerusalem Talmud tells a very interesting point regarding the relationship between a bracha being said and the Amen. Says the Jerusalem Talmud, very important rule to know, and it's brought in the Ramah, in the Shulchan Aram, that a main is part of the bracha. Okay. And therefore, what does that mean? When you make a bracha, it's not complete. The bracha is only complete when another person says, okay, you can't say a main to your own bracha. But if another person says amen, you are now have completed the bracha. Therefore, when you say amen, you have to have it just like 
somebody, I make a bracha on an apple. Okay, I made the bracha. But I haven't, I haven't done the full job because I said, blessed is God, King of the universe, who everything exists by his word. What's missing? Someone has to affirm it. If a bracha said in the forest and nobody hears it, was a bracha made? Was it was it done perfectly? Why not? Because nobody affirmed it. So now what happens like this? When I make a bracha and you're saying a main, so just like, for example, if you wouldn't know how to make a bracha, I would say a bracha, make it for you. And you have to listen to every word I say and have in mind that I'm saying it for you or it doesn't count. Okay, when I make a bracha for myself, I can never perfect, I can never say the bracha perfectly because I can't say amen. When you say amen to my bracha, you have to have in mind that you're saying amen for me. And I'm listening to your amen, and that completes my bracha. Do you hear what's going on? And therefore, there are certain tzaddikim who would never make a bracha alone. And therefore, let's say Reb Chaim Kanievsky would get up early, early in the morning. His rabbis would make him a tea. He'd make the bracha. She'd say amen. There's certain people, if there's no one to say amen, they wouldn't make it. They wouldn't make it because... Bracha is not a complete bracha. Tiny question. Yeah. So I walk in here a bit late, so I bad. And now by speaking, I come in and I say my bracha under my breath. I want to stir the rabbi in the class. Okay, that's an interesting question. Which way should it? Which way is? Come on, time. (laughs) Come two minutes early. Make the bracha two minutes early, so we can say amen. You got to realize it. Is this is not the way to do things at my supper table? When my wife and I are eating together, we sit down, she makes a bracha, I say amen. I make a bracha, she says amen. She makes a bracha, I say amen, because more than one type of food. And until we have all the brachas yeah. taken care of, then we move on with the meal. That's a very important thing. Okay, if you're alone, okay, we're not going to force you to not eat because there's nobody there. That's already, you have to be a very special holy person for that. Okay, but if there's somebody who is nearby, when my wife makes challah, usually Thursday night she makes challah, she'll call down my daughter from the basement and say, please come upstairs and say to my bracha. Or she'll ask me to say amen to her bracha. Now, if that's possible, you should do it. Now, if it's impossible, huh? you're in the car, you're thirsty, you want to take a drink, you know, and it's, it's bothering you. So if you're a big tzaddik, so it'll bother you. That's all. You're not. You're gonna wait. But of us regular people, okay, you make the problem nobody's there. But if it's easy to have somebody there, or you're in a room with other people, that's why you, in the morning you always notice. Sits here every morning that I always make the bracha my coffee loud yeah. before I, I start. To, oh yeah, you're here too. I'm I sorry. Know, I know it's fine. I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> Yes, both of them. Sorry. So, and I make the bracha loud. Why? So you guys will say amen. If you notice, also, I started about about a year or more, two years ago, already, that when Shabbos is over and I make havdalah, and usually in a normal shul, you make havdalah, everybody leaves. 
Okay, so we make a nice, we sing and this, that. But then I make the bracha afterwards. Now, I'm not being motze you. you. Nobody drank wine at Havdalah. So why am I doing it? Because I want people to answer. And more than that, it's more than I'm thanking Hashem for the for the grape juice. There are a lot of tefillos there. Hashem should have mercy on Yerushalayim. Rebuild Yerushalayim. Everybody should say amen to that also. So at least I want to start off the week. I know the week's got all kinds of challenges. I don't know what's going to happen the rest of the week. But one thing's for sure. Shabbos just ended. We're starting a new week. We're making Abdullah. So the first bracha I make, besides the Havdalah brachas, which obviously everyone's saying amen because they want to be discharged with the bracha. But now my own private Borat Priyagofen, now I make a bracha achrona, usually it's done alone, so I'm starting the week on the wrong foot, that the first bracha I'm making is not with an amen. Okay, so therefore I want everyone to have the schos to say amen. Now, you guys have to have in mind that you're finishing off and perfecting my bracha. And I have to have in mind that you are being motzi me in perfecting my bracha. And that's why it's very important if you're a chazan in shul, for example, and you're doing the repetition of the Amidah, and there's 19 brachas. Say, bracha Hashem hakel kadosh. So now the chazan has to listen to the amains and have in mind that they are finishing off the bracha and should not start the next bracha, the Amida, until the Amins are done. Wait a minute. And then people are trying to catch in the Amin there. And you already started talking. No, no, you got to wait till they say that Amin for that. Or when you're a Chazin, present company generally excluded, when the Chazin finishes the Amida, I'm Shalom. And let's say there's a Kaddish right afterwards. So he has to pause, because when you finish saying, the Chazan finish saying, he has to say, Now, if people are saying, he has to wait, he can't start saying, until everyone finishes saying the Amen, so there'll be a little break, a pause, an uncomfortable pause. They say Amen. Now let's say by a time where Kaddish follows. They're expecting Kaddish. No, I have to then say, Because I'm finishing my Amida with that, but I can't start the Kaddish yet. And I had to wait for you guys to finish saying Amen. That's going to be all these kinds of pauses. Yeah? So what happens with the, uh, of rebuilding of Yerushalayim? You can individually can say Amen for building Yerushalayim. Maybe he says by himself. Oh, why we sell main to our own bracha? That's a different rule. I understand what you're saying. That's a different rule. When we say there's a certain rule when you finish a series of blessings, you say amen to that. Now, Svartim are very particular about that. Ashkenazim not. For example, at the end of Yishtabach, you say amen. Right? You do. You see, I'm telling you, you say amen. Ashkenazim don't. Here, by the benching, the reason we do it, even Ashkenazim say amen, because now we're separating the biblical brachas and the rabbinic bracha of benching. Okay, anyway, back to our point. It has to be 
seeing the person or if you're on the internet talking to someone and you're drink. Okay, that's a long, that's a big discussion. Uh, but certainly you could say Omein. If it is live. If it is live, you can yeah, say Yeah, if it's live, yeah. You have to be careful when you listen to tapes. Listen to a recording. Guy gave the class five years ago. Makes the bracha, shakoli of it, everybody there five years ago said Omein. You're tempted to say Omein. You cannot say Omein. Because the bracha was made five years ago. If it's live, then you could say made to that. Anyway, let's get back to the concept over here. Okay, so now again, when you're saying that's what a main is doing. So why is that? When a person says Baruch has Malcolm Bore Priya eights. So what's he talking about? He's talking about the Baruch, the Bracha and the flow. Where did this fruit come from? I'm eating a fruit. What am I trying to do? I'm trying to see where was the source of that fruit and to bless that source. But the fact that Hashem is the source, is there any expression of this? Maybe it's all superficial. Okay, I'm saying it. Who, who knows if it's true? When a person says amen, what it means is I believe that that is the reality. I am giving um, support. And amen is 91, which is the gematria of Yudei Vavei and Aleph Dalet Nun Yud. So what am I doing? I am affirming the fact that God is, number one, the, what do you call it? The one who gives the life. And the one who's in control of that. So when you say I'm confirming that the tree, the fruit, the apple had existence from Hashem, and Hashem's in control of it. That's what Amen is saying. You have to have that kavana. You're putting together Yud and You're putting them together in that Amen. And therefore the Gemara says, greater is the one who says Amen than the one who makes the bracha. Because you're making the bracha, you're talking about these source of that. Right? Hashem's the source, but there's a deeper aspect. The deeper aspect is, it's Hashem, who is the respirator of that, and who has control of that. And he's saying, there's nothing concealed. Okay? Not only, I'm just saying, well, the source of this apple is from Hashem. We don't know much about the source. The Omen says, I know everything about the source. The source is giving existence right now and it's in your hand. Hashem is making the apple be an apple. And Hashem is in control of the apple behaves and doesn't do anything wrong. That's what the Amen is so powerful. So when a person, when you say Amen, you say two things. It's existence and the mastery. So it's not only that Hashem is giving this apple existence right now, but also, he's the master and control of all reality, and I believe that in every way. Okay, that is a big thing in Omein. And that's what Poseach is saying. That kavana that you have when you say Omein, that same kavana should be by Poseach is must be That Hashem gives existence and control over everything. Okay, yeah. 
So let me see what they are. They are coming. Last time we discussed, let me say that we have to because all ten. Uh, Some have a custom to yeah. lift up their hands. Others not. So what is the you should, what? What is the right custom? Whatever your custom is, it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt to open up your hands. And some have a custom to give tzedakah right before then. And others, they have kavana and they don't open their hands. So either one is fine. So long as the main thing is you have the kavana. That's what's critical. It's not so much what you do, it's what you're thinking. When you're saying those words, you should be thinking, okay, 91. It's Hashem, Yudai Vavhei, Al Talmud Yud. Hashem is continuously putting into existence and he's in control of everything and he's doing it all in the best way possible. Now we said as well, we said that it's a great skulala parnasa. It's a charm for parnasa. We have to understand what do we mean by parnasa? So the simple meaning is a livelihood, but it's not only a livelihood, it means all blessings in the world. Because Hashem is the soul of the entire world. He wants everything to bring good and kindness to the world. So when we are saying this bracha, we know that Hashem is doing a chesed, but we don't want it to be only from the source, to recognize the source, but we want it to be expressed here. In other words, Hashem can give it all. Yeah, but we'd like him to give it. It's not just he can do it. We want him to do it. And to and to maspia, to satisfy everybody. That's Paranasa, is the revelation of God's mastery and continued help for us. So when we say you know, it's interesting. It's easy way to remember in English. <laughs> if you did pay out of you, what would it be in English? P-E-I. <laughs> Prince Edward. I. <laughs> but it's not Prince Edward. I. But it's like just a way to, it's a mnemonic. Pay Aleph Yud. 91. Yud Kei Waf Kei. Aleph Dalton Yud. It's ingrained in you a, a nanosecond. Okay, you open your hand, you don't open your hand, but you're saying Hashem, not, you're not only the source, you mamish bring it home. Right? And that is the holy name that expresses every type of giving that Hashem can give you. When you're able to partner the Aleph Dalet Yud 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 Nun Yud with the Yud Vav that the inner desire of Hashem and it comes to fruition and the flow, that's what we're looking for in Sukkot Zimra. And that's the core line of the entire Pesukim. Okay, that ends that aspect. Now what we're going to look at and start, we just got a couple minutes, we don't want to waste any time. What's after the five Hallelujahs that we mentioned? Page 74, before Vayavarech David, there's a really little piece that has four verses. Baruch Hashem li'olam amen v'amen. Blessed is Hashem forever. Amen and amen. Baruch Hashem mitzion. Blessed is Hashem from Zion. Shochein Yerushalayim. Who dwells in Jerusalem. Hallelujah. Baruch Hashem Elohim. Blessed is Hashem, O God. 
Elokei Yisrael, the God of Israel, all saying He alone does wondrous things. Baruch Shem Kvodoli Olam, blessed is His glorious name forever. V'yimalech Vodos Kalarts, and His name shall fill His honor should fill the whole world. Amen. V'amen. What is this doing here? Because then we're going to move on to Vayivarech David, which is a new part of Sukkotim. Remember, we already said many times, the Rebbe said, one of the Rebbe said, my portion should be those who finish the hollow every day. And that means Pesukah de Zimra. So where have we gone so far? Just to quickly summarize. We did Hodu, and that is to gather a bunch of Pesukim that will cut off the prosecutions. And then we do Yehichavot, which is a preparation for the Hallel. Okay, then we say the Hallel, which is the Pesukah de Zimra. We ended up with Kol HaNeshama, Hallelukah. The last word's Hallelukah. And that's the essence of everything, is to praise God. Okay, now that we finished that main Hallel, there's a general rule. Whenever you finish a topic, you should try to summarize it and distill it to the essence. A good speaker, after he speaks for an hour, will spend two minutes recapping everything and drilling down on that main point. You know? Lahavdo, lahavdo. If you listen to Trump's stump speeches when he goes to rally, every he talks forever. But the end he always says, we're gonna make America safe again. We're gonna make America rich again. We're gonna make it powerful again. And he always says that, and we're gonna make America great again. It's a good marshal. Not that I'm comparing Hashem and our darling to, to Trump. But what I'm saying is, after everything he said, and he's promising these great things, but bottom line, after all the details, security, safety, Wealth, pride, and greatness. So Hashem doesn't make promises. We're saying the truth. We got all these details. So we want to come to the end and to summarize everything we said. So really, when you're finished, and these are the last five chapters of the book of Tehillim, last six chapters of the book of Tehillim. So what's the last word? Hallelujah. All right, that really summarizes everything. But then we recapitulate with four psukim that are different verses from Psalms. Okay, we fit. We, we really did, even though we only said six Psalms. But generally, that's like saying, "Well, we did the last six. It's like the power of all of Tehillim." So we finish all of Tehillim. What's the summary? Four psukim. Blessed is Hashem forever. Blessed is Hashem for Zion. Blessed is Hashem, who's our God, and His name should be blessed. And we know that the Sefer Tehillim is divided up into five mini books. And the Kabbalists say that parallels the five books of the Torah. And these last psukim summarize the book of Tehillim. And we're finishing the last chapter of Tehillim. We are really saying a summary and a conclusion for all the books of Tehillim. Tehillim, which correspond to the five books of the Torah. 
and thus where David and these and says the Abu Jaham, these last psukim is the essence of the whole book of Tefillin, the tale and the way David wanted it. And we end up with Amen Vamein. We are affirming and Mom is saying four times that it's true, it's true, it's true, it's really true. So now we have to understand, and that's going to be tomorrow's class. So what was the job of David Melch in making Tefillin? All right. Somehow, Tehillim is supposed to give expression to the five books of the Torah. And therefore, we generally, Pesukim is full of Tehillim. So what is this final expression? So really, tomorrow's class is sort of a standalone class to the value of Tehillim in general. Why do we say Tehillim? What's the thing? We already doubted. But whatever that advantage is, it's the same thing now in the regular davening. The fact we said Tehillim, and it's part of Tzukah Zimra, and we're almost finished with Zimra, what has been that final value that we want, are seeking for? That will be tomorrow's discussion. What is the Gematria 1564?